American Family Radio presents the Easter special, The Crucifixion of Jesus, featuring the music of Fernando Ortega. Fernando Ortega's project is highlighted in the April edition of the AFA Journal. You can read the article about Fernando Ortega by visiting afajournal.org. That's afajournal.org. Your host for this special hour of music is Bert Harper, co-host of Exploring the Word, heard each day on American Family Radio. On this Easter weekend, it's always exciting to look at the Word of God to see how it was ready for Christ to come at a certain time. In the book of John, it will say definitely, His hour had come. And so as we look at what God was doing through Jesus Christ, we are amazed at the preparation that was made. The preparation was made for Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life. Matter of fact, when John saw him, he said this, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John had already been with Jesus at, before their birth. When Elizabeth was at her home and Mary walked in with carrying Jesus in her womb and John the Baptist would leap and just at his presence and now at his presence, he is saying the Lamb of God and he wasn't jealous. Matter of fact, when his disciples, that's John's disciples, started following Jesus, everybody thought he might be jealous. But no, not John. He said this in John chapter 3, verse 30. He, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. Let that be our goal. Let that be what we desire on this Easter weekend, that Jesus Christ would expand and take over our lives so he could be glorified and that we could follow him and give him glory, honor, and power. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Prepare the way, O Zion, your Christ is drawing near. Let every hill and valley a level way appear. Greet one who comes in glory, foretold in sacred story. Oh, blessed is Christ that
reading from the Gospel of Mark. When they came to Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. My house shall be called a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. My house shall be called a house of prayer. from the Gospels of Mark, Luke, and Matthew. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Listen, he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. 
Follow him into the house he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, already furnished. Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This bread is my body broken for you. This cup is my blood of the covenant poured out for you. I will not drink of the fruit of this vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. In my Father's kingdom This bread is my body Broken for you This cup is my blood
from the Gospel of Mark. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. Together they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray.
My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow To the point of death My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow Stay with me here Stay with me here Stay with me And keep watch with me Stay listening to the Easter special, The Crucifixion of Jesus, featuring the music of Fernando Ortega. And I'm Bert Harper of Exploring the Word. As we go through uh, this time in Jesus' life as he is preparing for the crucifixion, and one of the things that you notice as you study the Gospels, especially in the book of John, is his hour had come. But in the book of John, you'll find that phrase again and again, You'll find his saying, my hour has not yet come. You find that in John 7, 6, John 7, 30, John 8, 20. But when you come to John 17, right before the crucifixion, Jesus says the hour has come. Even though here you had the Roman government, you had the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, all trying to control everything this about Jesus, Jesus was in complete control. It reminds me of a world gone mad. We're living in a world and everyone is saying, what is happening? God's in control. You don't have to worry. He is going to arrive on time. And notice the specificness of the phrase, my hour. Not not just a season, but my hour. God is in control and he can help you in your own life. As he was getting ready to go to the cross, Jesus knew what lay before him. And so he was ready. He went to the garden, and that's where he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus had not come to do his own will. He came to do the will of the Father. And in doing so, he was bringing glory to the Father. You know, that's what we're to do in our lives. The life that we live is to bring glory to the Father as we magnify Jesus Christ, as he is seen working in our lives. Not my will, that's pretty hard, you know, because Most of us have what I call a stubborn will, and that stubborn will many times wants its own way. But Jesus, God in the flesh, said, not my will. I pray that the Holy Spirit would help you and help me come to the place and say, not my will, God. I want your will to be done in my life. And while he was praying, he had left his apostles, especially three of them that were really close. He said, you stay here and you watch and you pray. And I'm going over there and pray alone right now. There's some times in our lives in which just us and God. That's the way it was with Jesus in the garden. It was he and God. But these three apostles, when he came back to check on them, they were sleeping. Jesus would wind up saying to them, 
Oh, I know. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm afraid that hasn't changed over the years because Paul would write, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Those things I want to do, I find myself not doing. Those things I don't want to do, I find myself doing those. And, and we're still fighting that battle even here in 2018. So the spirit is willing, but yes, the flesh is weak. But Jesus Christ would win the battle. He would win the victory because there in the garden is really where the battle was being waged. Um, you know, it was a preparation. He was ready. And so to get ready for the cross, he went to the garden in our lives. Our lives are continually preparing us for the next episode that's going to take place. Many things that come into our life, we're not saying if. Most of the time we say when. When the difficulty comes, God's Spirit will help us through. When that heartache happens, we can find the peace that passes understanding only through Jesus Christ. It's not by doing our will. It's by following him, seeking him, and letting him have his way in our own lives. So on this Easter weekend, as we evaluate our lives, I hope you see that without Christ, your life is really uh, lacking. There's something incomplete. There's a hole in your life that can only be filled through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people will go to church on Easter Sunday, and it's religion. But let me remind you, it's really not a religion. It is a relationship. And that relationship is only real with God through Jesus Christ. For Jesus is the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. On this Easter weekend, won't you come to Christ? Come to Christ and do it now. Your will be done on earth, O oh Lord, as in heaven, grant us patience in times of sorrow, to be obedient in love and suffering. Restrain and guide all flesh and blood that act against your will. Your will be done. Your listening to the Easter special, The Crucifixion of Jesus, featuring the music of Fernando Ortega. And I'm Bert Harper of Exploring the Word. As we go through uh, this time in Jesus' life as he is preparing for the crucifixion, evangelist Dr. Billy Graham would say in many times at his meetings, most sermons 
and even interviews on the radio and television, he would say, remember one thing, and it would be that God loves you. On this Easter weekend, I hope you know that. I hope you know of the love of God. The love of God is deep, it is wide, and it is inclusive. There's no one that he does not love. There's no one out of his reach. He desires a relationship with you. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means no matter what place you're in in life, no matter what country you originate from, uh, what social strata you may be on, God loves you. And the good part about that, he has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins with a relationship, a relationship through his son, Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, there's a scripture that I wanted to share with you today in Ephesians. And this passage is so strong and so good. It says in Ephesians 3.18, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge. Do you hear that? That we may be able to comprehend the love of God. I hope you can comprehend that. You know, when we think about the universe and how big it is, that you can't come to the end and see a brick wall and say, this is it. You know, there's something on the other side of the brick wall. This universe is constantly expanding, which means that God created it and, and it continues to, and he'll draw it to a close one day. But it also demonstrates the love of God, that the love of God is demonstrated in life. It is demonstrated in the word of God, that God loved us. Now, the book of Hebrews makes it plain that God has spoken to us. He spoke to us through creation. He spoke to us through the law. He spoke to us through the prophets. But in the book of Hebrews, it says, but in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. The greatest messenger that's ever been of the love of God is Jesus Christ. When we look back at some of the Psalms that David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, we see the love of God. In Isaiah, when he was prophesying that a Messiah would come forth, that a virgin would conceive and bear a child, we see the love of God. But the love of God is best demonstrated and shown through Jesus Christ. He became sin for us on the cross. That was what he did. And it pleased the Father that he would endure the cross so that you and I could have a relationship with God only through Christ. If we could only comprehend the love of God, and notice the terminology that Paul uses here in Ephesians. He says that we might know the, the width and length, the depth and height. In other words, it is immeasurable. The love of God is so real, so strong, that it is immeasurable that you could not put an adjective on it that would adequately qualify God's love. Undeserved love, yes it is, but it is love unmeasured. And on this Easter weekend, I want you to know, as Billy Graham would say, God loves you. And if you think that this world has nothing for you, you're probably right. But God has something for you. It's called life. Matter of fact, he called it an abundant life, a life that is filled with adventure, a life that is filled with the love of God. I pray on this Easter weekend that you would realize the love of God and that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints how much he loves you. Oh 
for faithless sinners You did not turn away From those who struck your face Oh great love, oh love beyond all telling May my cold heart be broken by your suffering Oh great love struck down but not destroyed All praise, honor, and glory be to the holy and eternal Jesus. I adore you, O blessed Redeemer, eternal God, the light of the Gentiles, and the glory of Israel. For you have done and suffered for me more than I could wish, more than I could think of, even all that a lost and a dying sinner could possibly need. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the Son of Man that you care for him. Blessed be your name, O Holy Jesus, and blessed be that holy sorrow you endured when your disciples fled and you were left alone in the hands of cruel men who, like evening wolves, thirsted for a drink of your blood. And you were led to the house of Annas and there asked ensnaring questions and slapped on the face by him whose ear you had but lately healed. And from there you were dragged to the house of Caiaphas, and there all night you endured spittings, mockings, scorn, insults, blows, and intolerable cruelties. And all this for man who was your enemy, and the cause of all your sorrows. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the Son of Man, that you care for him. Blessed be your name, O Holy Jesus, and blessed be your mercy, who, when your servant Peter denied you, and denied you again, and swore he did not know you, you looked back at him, and by that gracious and correcting look, called him back to himself and to you. Blessed be your name, O Holy Jesus, and blessed be your patience, who were accused before the high priest and railed upon, and examined to evil purposes and with designs of blood, who were declared guilty of death 
for speaking the necessary truth, who were sent to Pilate and found innocent, and sent to Herod and still found innocent, and were clothed in white, both to declare your innocence and yet to ridicule you, and were sent back to Pilate and examined again. Nothing but innocence was ever found in you, and yet you willingly stood condemned for the guilt of man. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Was your incarnation 
Therefore, dear Jesus, since I cannot pay you, I do adore you and will ever pray you. Think on your pity and your love unswerving. reading from the book of Matthew. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself! Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, The robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? Far from the words of my My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. I cry by night, but I find no rest. This is Bert Harper of Exploring the Word, and on this Easter weekend, we just want to glorify the Lord Jesus and magnify His holy name. We've been talking about Jesus and how He was ready for the crucifixion. Matter of fact, He said the hour has come in John 17. When I heard that and read that, I could not help but remember a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament that tells us a little bit about what's going to happen in the New Testament, even the crucifixion of Christ. 
In Psalm 118, verse 24 is a well-known passage. It says, this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, it has the definite article, the day. This is the day which the Lord has made. And when I saw the day, and then when the New Testament, I saw the hour, I understood that nothing was taking Jesus by surprise. He was in control. He was had the time and he had the events that was needed for him to be glorified. Because if you remember what he said to Nicodemus, uh, when Nicodemus came to see him by night in John chapter three, that as the serpent was lifted up on the pole, when Moses lifted it up after the children of Israel had been invaded by the snakes and they were dying, and he was to lift that serpent up and they were to look under that serpent. Well, that lifting up has two ideas. Yes, Christ on the cross, but also lifting him up in glory. So when Jesus was on the cross, honestly, you see the glory of God being demonstrated to mankind, you and me, and he was lifted up. And the day which the Lord has made, God had that day ready. God had planned that day. And I want to share with you three things about that day. First of all, it was a day of sovereign design. God designed that day. And in Psalm 22, you'll find some very detailed particulars. It says in Psalm 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus quoted that on the cross. That was one of his seven sayings. Now, we could spend all time on this one phrase, but I just want to pick out one word. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that time in Jesus' life, his disciples were following afar off. Many of his friends had deserted him. And so here he was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, the details were listed. Christ was not afraid to go through the crucifixion, even though he knew what it would be like. Matter of fact, in Psalm 22, there's two other things that I was wanting to share with you. It says in verse 16, the dogs have surrounded me. The assembly of the wicked has enclosed me. Now listen to this phrase. They pierce my hands and my feet. I count all my bones. They look at me and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing, they cast lots. Here, a thousand years before the crucifixion, David would write about the details of that day. No wonder Jesus could say in John 17, the hour has come. No wonder he could remember Psalm 118 verse 24 when it says, this is the day. Everything was ready for Jesus Christ to go to the cross and make that payment for the sins of the world. He who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But not only was it a day of sovereign design, Back in Psalm 118, verse 23, it says that this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It's a, not only a day of a sovereign design, but it's also a day of the Savior's doing. No one else could do what Jesus was doing. The great prophets, not a one of them. They all needed a redeemer. Not Moses, the great lawgiver. He needed a redeemer. Not even Mary the very mother of Jesus himself, 
she could not do it as much as it pained her and i'm sure she was like most parents she would have taken the place of her son rather than watching her son go through the pain of the crucifixion but you see it took jesus jesus alone only christ could do and make this payment for our sin it was a day of jesus doing he knew what he needed to do Matter of fact, when he was 12 years old, I believe he even had an idea of what he would do because he told them in the temple, I must be about my father's business, even to the point of obeying him, following him, and going to the cross and making that extreme, that final, that sacrifice on the cross of his own life. That's what Jesus has done, and that's why he died, so that you could experience the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But it's not only a day of sovereign design and a day of the Savior's doing. Praise the Lord. It's a day of the saints' delight. Listen to the last part of verse 24 of Psalm 118. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, saints look to Jesus Christ on the cross. Yes, it hurts. Yes, the pain is there, but it brings delight because that is the only way we could be made right with God. There was no other way. You remember when Jesus was in the garden and he prayed to the Father, if there be any other way, let this cup of suffering pass from me. We don't hear God's response. There seems to be silence because Jesus recognized that when God the Father did not speak, he was saying, son, this is the only way. And Jesus would bear that cross and he would go and he would give himself a ransom so that we could be set free, that we could be redeemed. And we know that this is talking about Christ on this day because again in Psalm 118 verse 22, here's what it says as it introduces that special day. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. That stone the builders rejected was none other than Jesus Christ himself. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They turned against him, and everybody went their own way. But Jesus went the way of the cross. On this Easter weekend, when we know that Jesus died on the cross, we also know on the third day he arose. Up from the grave he arose. There's death could not hold him, sin could not defeat him, and the devil could not hold him. Jesus Christ overcame sin and death. Would you let him into your life today? Would you invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life as you surrender your life to him in faith? Smitten and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by man rejected. Yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Tis the long expected prophet. David's son, yet David's Lord, 
by his son God now has spoken tis the true and faithful Sacrifice to cancel 
listening to this special Easter presentation on American Family Radio, The Crucifixion of Jesus, featuring the music of Fernando Ortega. Fernando Ortega's project is highlighted in the April edition of the AFA Journal. You can read all about it by visiting afajournal.org. That's afajournal.org. I'm John Riley. Thanks for listening.